episode five. All right, you guys, let's listen up. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. to the Don't Read Me podcast. I'm Jeffrey. The man on the other side of the mic is EC. What's up, EC? What's going on, Jesus? Good to see you again, brother. It's Jeffrey, sir. It's Jeffrey. You didn't. I guess you didn't pay attention to the last, pod, pod, last podcast we had. I'm changing Forgot about name. that yeah, page. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue like it, like it does Jesus, but... You know, I, it's like, gonna take. It'll, it'll it's take gonna, time, right? It'll take time. It's gonna, plus, it's gonna take me a minute. Plus, with the, the attorneys involved, getting my name changed. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't. I just. I just don't know if um if it, if I you know I should stick with changing my name, but we'll see. I mean, you see, we have a. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. We haven't talked since last week. Yes. Uh, we have um two games, Bruges, and we have Chelsea. <clears throat> but I think the the bigger. Picture, the bigger, bigger news out of the Premier League this week is VAR, which is video assistant referee. And there's two controversial, not controversial, not, there's one controversial goal that kind of contradicts VAR's being, basically. The, I don't know if you watched Saturday, Saturday morning. Uh, it was Tottenham and Chelsea. I know we talked about uh, the game last week. And I give you props. You're... you're um, um, you you were a. Uh, um, I'm sorry. I give myself props because I said Chelsea's gonna win. I was gonna give you props on the on the, the pretty lineup prediction, but um, <coughs> Chelsea won. But uh, one of their uh, Tottenham's one of the, I think he's a what is he a, a left back right back I can't remember Lo Celso. He pretty much did. He pulled a he pulled a Harry Maguire, stomped on a player, VAR. Went into review. It was reviewed by VAR because the uh, referee on the field could not make a decision. VAR said, no penalty, no foul, harm, no foul. I think it was 20 minutes later, EC, VAR announced on the video board, or the people who run VAR, what, what, I mean, whoever, the officials, announced on the video board right. that VAR got it wrong. So, I, what is VAR? What, what is it there for? I know you last week talked about that you just wanted to rule offsides and, and whatnot, and, and that's it. But I think it's just getting – you're right. It's getting a little too – it's getting a little too crazy because these, these you know, these crucial penalties – the dude should have deserved a red card. So that means Tottenham would have been down a man, obviously. And Chelsea already – I mean, Chelsea won in the long run. But, I mean, who knows? They, Chelsea could have been down 1-0. At that point, two nil um, or whatever, and being down, you know, not being down on one man, you know, could play a pivotal part in their in, in that victory. I mean, <coughs> I know you've uh, just expressed the the var the var um, the var anomaly, but I mean, what do you think about the call? I mean, if if if, if okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt first, but if 
VAR didn't apologize for Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire's blatant red card. I mean, he kicked out. Why did VAR apologize for this one? I mean, this is just another excuse into, or I didn't even say, didn't say excuse, but this is another reason why VAR uh, needs to be redone. Um, there, what, what VAR is doing is it's basically taking the accountability away from the referee that's on the field. That's what it's doing. Because these guys, they're not even looking at the replay anymore. A lot of times they're just waiting on VAR to tell them what happened, and they're the ones that are there. Um, I know people argue that the game's gotten too fast and technology's going to help with that, but I think for me... It was clear as day. The guy, the guy stomped on him. I mean, you could see the huge mark that he left. I mean, it looked. I mean, I obviously not in this guy's head, but it looked like he was trying to break his leg. Now I'm not in his head. I don't know, but I, I watched it. I watched it fast motion. I thought, well, damn, he's out of here. And then the referee comes over, and everyone in the world's probably thinking, yeah, he's gone. This is straight red, and he doesn't even look at it. He just lets the VAR decide for him. They re- they realize later that they screwed up too. It's just like I said, offsides. If a player's foot is ahead of the other player, even if it's a toe, and it's a it's a it's a body part that's able to assist in a goal, then call it offside. But with the use of R. But the other stuff on the field, the the, the tackles, uh, that's for the referee to call. And for me, he completely blew it. Um, Var strikes again, and I ain't gonna lie. It's one of those deals where I'm like, you know what? I hate VAR, but then I also look at it and I'm like, man, VAR just saved my team's butt. <laughs> so I know we'll get into that a little bit later, but it's it's it needs to be revamped because it's it's killing the game. Well, even in the offsides goal, DC, there's still a a gray area because uh, I know when uh, the referee can call, wave the flag. You know, put the flag up because they, they see that they feel that somebody's offsides. So what is the automatic what is the automatic presumption of somebody when the flag's raised? What do they do? The players. They, the players stop. As soon as the flag goes up, players stop. Yeah, exactly. But the referee doesn't call the whistle, play still goes on, somebody scores. What's I mean I mean, even at that, even with VAR doing that, I mean they're they're saying no we're you have to play to the whistle. But if this referee puts his flag up, four offsides, my mentality, because that's what I've grown up to do. That's what I'm, i grown up to do. Trust me, I didn't, I'm not a, I'm not a, by any means, a Premier League player. But if these players are ingrained. When they see an offsides flag, what do they do? They stop. Goalies do it, and, and, and defenders do it. And then the play still goes on because they said, they said, the play still goes on because they want VAR to make that decision if that player was offsides, even though if a referee calls it offsides. Then we shouldn't have referee uh, offsides officials in the first place. It's like, let, let's just get VAR doing it all the time and just get rid of the, all the line referees, right? No, the only reason why I disagree with that is because I, I know from a young age, they, they do teach you. I don't, it doesn't matter what sport you play. You got to play to the whistle. To your point, players do hesitate. Players do pause, but that's their that's their fault. You can't look at the side judge to let you know what you're supposed to be doing. You got to go in the ball. You got to go, you know, stop the striker, whatever it is. So it that's a coaching thing, and I think coaches can easily can can easily help that. My thing is when when there's a foul, 
why is it that they can't even just go look at the look at the camera? Just go look and see what you couldn't see. Go take go put your head under the, the hood like the NFL guys do, and go look and you can completely tell from the McGuire one to this one they were trying to inflict pain. And even the the VAR, like they even write on the board, like we're we're seeing if it was a horrible play. Like they even write it on the board, what everyone in the world knows that, that we're looking at, and they still get it wrong. It's it's the work. I wish they just they, they would say, look, let's slowly implement it. Let's just do because it's e- offsides, onside is easy. As soon as you press pause, it's one of those things where you push pause and you can see. They even have grids now that will show you what body part is offside and why they called it. To me, that's clear, that's simple, it's easy. The human stuff, the stuff that they can see right then and there because they're the referee running around, and if they're too old and they can't make it happen, let's get some new referees in there that are going to be able to run to the play and figure out what's going on. Um, Because you got too many people, you got two line judges, you got a fourth judge, you got a judge in the middle, and you can't see somebody clearly stepping on somebody's leg. Everybody else in the world sees it. I can see it on my couch, and they're right there, and they can't call it. It, d- it doesn't make any sense, and it kills the momentum of the game. Like you said, they're down to 10 men at that point. changes the whole game. So you have to look at it from that standpoint. You're a rena- you see, you're a renaissance man. You uh, watch – I watch Premier League. Basically, that's all I watch. I'll catch a couple of games here in Italy and all that. Uh, I know you watch Italian league matches, Spain, um, you know, obviously Premier League. I've caught in Bundesliga's matches. I don't see the outcry. I don't see the, or I don't hear the outcry, or I don't see the, 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 uh, the I mean, the, vitriol. the headlines. Yeah, the it, headlines. It, it, as it, it is, down. as it is in, in our league, Premier League, compared to the other leagues. What is the Premier League doing wrong that the other leagues that are, you know, maybe getting um, right or that it's not, I mean, it's not, public, you know, publicizing it or what, what do you think that is? No, I'm glad you brought that up. This is, this is it, it, what's happening because I was talking earlier about the accountability of the referees. This is why the English Premier League referees are not getting selected for the World Cups because they're not getting it done on the field. So, you're not hearing it in Italy. You're not hearing it as much in Germany. It's, it still happens out there, but it's not dominating the game because the referees on the pitch are making the calls they need to make. If it's a VAR decision, they're looking at it. They're making sure that they get it right. They're communicating together, and they're making it work. In the Premier League, for whatever reason, it's almost like they have to have something every week where they screw it up. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give them – I don't like it, but I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because this is the first – true season where it's it's gone in and maybe it's a little bit rough to, to get some bugs out but it shines a light clearly on the english premier league referees the center referees they're they're not being held accountable they're just going oh we don't know and they'll and you'll see them they'll tell the players move away move away vars got it no you got it you're here you get it you take care of it you're the one on the field so it's it's got to stop dominating the headlines i know it won't um, they've got to fix it. I hope that they will. But um, this season, it's it's been horrible. It's ruined. I mean, Man City, they've they've just been defeated. By, and I love every minute of it. That's what I'm saying. There's there's moments in games where I'm watching my team play, and I'm like, oh shit, it's got to be some VAR. Please get some VAR action. 
And we'll talk about it later, but sure enough, it came through again. So VAR is one of those things where you love it if it happens for your team. You hate it when you're just watching a game because you're like, ah, this is the beauty of soccer is that we don't stop. We don't do replays. And then here we go with these replays. So it's kind of a double-edged sword for me. With the with, with VAR in the English Premier League, is it so much that we're – I'm sorry, we're, but the Premier League, the at least the people involved, the, the, the fans, the players, are so much – do you think they're purists or so um, – they're stuck in their old ways that they don't want to evolve and accept VAR for what it is. And they don't want to um, put the effort, the time, effort, and especially money. Because obviously what you're talking about is going to cost money. Do you think that that is, the, that is the ultimate demise of the fact that VAR is not, VAR is not uh, progressing as fast as it should be in England or it is in the rest of the world? I mean, it definitely has something to do with it. And I think no matter what country you go to, no one's going to want the slow down. That's that's kind of the thing about football, which makes it so great, is that it's it's always moving. It's high pace, a lot of action. And when you get this far deal come in, well, now we got to wait. Somebody's in a van watching the game. They got to now have their input. They're talking to the ref. So nobody wants the game to slow down. But I think to your point, when you're talking about money for the technology, well, there's also money for these clubs who are missing out on Champions League's positions because of our decision. So, again, it goes it goes hand in hand when you talk about what this thing's going to do, because, again, there's going to be calls that VAR will make that a referee will never, ever make. I mean, the the handballs where the guy has nothing. He has no idea that he's touching the ball. But VAR season and a slow-mo replay it's a penalty or it's a no goal. And that's huge. When someone's in a relegation battle, they could be dropped to the championship. They could be fifth going into fourth, going into Champions League uh, positions. VAR is going to financially, to your point, it's going to change the game. But yeah, people that are purists, I get it. But again, that was your time. This is our time, if you will. And you just, you gotta, you gotta get on board or just don't watch anymore. It might be the Goonies, man. This is our time down here. Our time. That was their time. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, enough about VAR. What yeah. about uh, the return of uh, your boy, Mr. Paul Pogba, came back to training. Uh, he's no longer in Dubai, and now he's training with the team. So uh, impact, positive or negative on the team? Do you see him coming back and playing maybe within the week or two? No, no, within the week or two. When the next, when the next four games, what do you think? I think he'll come back. My main, my main question for him, and I, th- I think it'll be the City game. That's my prediction. But I think for him, the main thing um, for Ole is to say, okay, we got a number 10 that's really kicking off right now. Do we put him in that number 10 role? Do we put him next to the number 10 and then change the formation from the 4-2-3-1 that they've been running? Um, th- that's going to be my biggest thing for me. Because I, I think if you got those two guys – together that was for me anyways i think that's what our fours were missing was that bruno type of pass forward so you know one of the things that i've that i've learned in sport is that if it ain't broke don't fix it right so if i throw him in trust me i'd love to have him but do i mess up the chemistry that bruno has with the players right now i don't know and as a coach you don't want to screw that up so you know do you change for like like i said am i going to have to change formation to 442 you know, four, three, three. So where they can both play together. Um, I think they can, and I would, 
But I think Paul's major objective is to get back, uh, make a point, uh, definitely try to stay healthy and then play in the Euros uh, after this is over, after the season's over. Because what have we got, 12 games? Somewhere on there. I know, obviously, yeah. that that's his point. He wants to play in the Euros so yeah. he can get his money. Uh, the pump is value up because, I mean, I've heard, I've heard, I've read rumors that his stock is, his stock is down. So, yeah, if you don't I mean, play, that's what I'm saying. That's why I want him to come back because we need him to play 110% so that we can get 100 to 150 million for him. Yeah, no, no. If we can show that he's still class, then we can get and you know because the thing is he wants to go to Real Madrid. Real's got him at 50 million. He he don't want 50. I don't want 50. I want 100 because for me that's the way to get Sancho. That's the way to get Grealish. And you know maybe you can sneak Madison. I I agree with you. I think Holland's kind of. I think it's over with. I wish we could have got him, but I think it's over with um, from that perspective. But I need I need Pogba to kick on, stay or leave because that's just going to generate more money for our club. And I don't care if you're Paul Pogba, Ronaldo. I don't care who you are. You're not bigger than Manchester United. And so if you do want to leave, I want to get the most out of you that I can. So yeah, I want him to come back. I want him to score fifty goals. And people drool over him so that we can get, you know, 200 million for him. I know that's not going to happen. But realistically, 100 million um, for Pogba to PSG, to Juventus, uh, back to his old club. I think that would be amazing for us because, again, then we go out and we sign these we sign these players. Because the summer is going to be huge, man. It's going to be massive, especially if we can get Champions League. Well, I'm, I've already just said my piece of Paul Pogba, if he comes back. So I'm, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to throw you a curveball, you see. I'm going to be a Paul Pogba enthusiast as you might say yes <laughs> don't don't get it twisted though if if, I will. Pog, if Pogba comes back yeah how do you see the midfield lineup I mean how do you see our midfield to forwards lining up because I think we kind of have our back line solidified especially yes. in the league I mean you could change out Shaw and Williams uh, but I think Basaka um, Lind- Lindelof and Maguire are our mainstays. Baye's yep. coming on, skim time. But our midfield to forwards, if Pogba comes in, how is it going to benefit the club? And what formation do you think that's gonna that we are going to play? Because if you think about it, who, uh, who's going to... Fred, McTominay, Matic, okay. Matic has come on his own. And we'll talk about Matic, um, especially this last match against Watford. Um, but the wings, Garner, James, I'm sorry, James, Greenwood, uh, we have M- M- Tony, Marshall, uh, we have the Ingallo. How do you, how do you, how do you foresee a productive lineup, which is going to, you know, defend, but yet create? So it, it's going to be really tough. For Ole, it's it's going to be a tough decision because I I really feel like Bruno's the number ten. That's obviously we've all wanted Pogba to play at that ten, and I think what what we were doing in that four two three one position, we were playing Fred next to Pogba in front of the uh, the back line, kind of helping out on defense and getting forward, kind of when he could. So if I were to bring him back, I wouldn't set Bruno back. I I think Bruno has has brought in a ton a ton of uh, tremendous. Uh, activity, excitement, passing, creativity. So I wouldn't mess with that. What I would do is I would change my formation and I would have a 4-3-3 where 
you could essentially, like you said, keep the back line the way that it is. But I would run um, on that back four. I would Wambasaka, Bai, Maguire, Williams, and then in the middle there, I would run Fred. I would run uh, Bruno, and then I would run Pogba. And what I would do is with those guys, they would be playing in, uh, right behind Greenwood, and then and then Tony. And then on that other side over there, Rashford's obviously not going to come back this year, but I'd put James over there. And I, you know what? To his credit, he played a hell of a game uh, the other day. I know we'll get to it later. But that's what I would do. I would have those four in the back. The three in the middle would be Fred, Bruno, and Pogba. And then on the uh, right side, Greenwood, up front, Tony, and then James on the other side. And just imagine next season when we get Rashford back, you kick James out. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Um and, and again, even if Pogba leaves, fine, get out the door, Pogba leave, because I'm bringing in Sancho, I'm bringing in Grealish, I'm bringing in Madison to to, to still work with Fred and uh, and Bruno. So yeah, but if Pogba comes back, he's going to be in that middle three with with Fred and uh, and Bruno. Okay, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll like, for, I'm a late starting EC, so I have to be in a forgiving mood. So I, I accept I accept that uh, thing, and I maybe I might come to this Lent become come to forgive Mr. Paul Pogba uh, <laughs> for his transgressions against my club, but I'll take that lineup. I'll take that lineup if he comes back, and if he comes back with his head on his shoulders and wanting to prove a point, wanting to get paid, um, and wanting to give something to the club. I mean, he this he, he's this worldy player, this world class player. Uh, if if he's gonna give something, give something to the club, uh, and then get your payday, and uh, I'll pack your bags. I'll fly. I will fly to Manchester and pack every single item in your in your locker, in your house for free, and I'll pack your bags and and uh, say la vie, Mr. Paul. <laughs> I like uh, it. All right, all right. Well, we had two matches. EC, we had Bruges uh, last Thursday. And we had Watford this Sunday. Uh, let's talk about Bruges. I mean, I watched it. I don't know why I watched it. God, I mean, it's so hard to watch a good match in the States anymore, especially when it comes to Champions League. I had to watch it on BR Sports. Uh, it, it, if anybody from BR Sports is listening, fix your damn platform, and it, it sucks. Um, but that's just... My opinion. I don't know if you have, you feel the same way. BR Sports, you suck. Um, but but we played Bruges. The lineup was weak, like we we like we all predicted. We we knew it was it was going to be that way. Uh, we started <clears throat> Pereira, Lingard. You know, in, in they were in the lineup. Our back line, obviously, we did have Harry. Uh, Lindelof came back. Uh, Shaw was there. Uh, Delot. In the back, uh, Romero was our, our goalie, which he's been a mainstay. He's been a stalwart. But um, his mistake, I think, cost us a goal. And then we had, like I said, Linden, um, Lingard, Pereira, <coughs> Matic. I think Matic played. All right. Yes. Uh, Matic, Pereira. Who else? Who else played? Who else played? Jesse played, Tony played. Jesse, Tony, and, uh, and uh, Williams at the back. Uh, I believe, do you know, James had a break, no? no? Williams, you're right. 
they played a back three. Yeah, they they played that back five back thing, five. that weird back did, five. They had backfired. That's what they did. It backfired because <laughs> we. I mean, I mean Williams. Uh, he's he's eighteen years old. He gave up a. I mean, first of all, okay, we talk about it. Let's let's set it up for the listeners. Uh, Matic plays a ball. I thought it was a. I thought it was a. I thought it was a corner. You know, he kicked, it looked like he kicked it off the defender on the what on the Bruges side, Bruges, Bruges side of the the pitch, and it looked like it went off the defender. It didn't. Um, they they just basically rolled it to the keeper, and the keeper just like bombed it. It didn't set up, or it didn't set up, or it didn't seem like it was really a real actual goal kick. Caught our guys sleeping, napping. Uh, Williams trying to catch up to, I'm not gonna even the 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 forward. I'm not gonna even try his name. Uh, and then obviously Romero's napping as well. He comes out way too far, and it was a Cantona kind of kind of goal, a pop over the goalkeeper, um, and it just rolled in. Uh, that be like I said that back five that night it did not work. It looked like we're like we're always do. We come out flat. We come out flat every first half. Seems like coming out flat. We have no uh, inspiration, nothing. We have nothing to show for the first match. I thought, I thought again, Pereira and Lingard. I think it's gone to their head, and they are nowhere to be found. And I think that that display kind of secreted on the best, the rest of the team to where. The rest of the team didn't uh, produce. Um, just like them, Martial, Tony, Marshall. Uh, Marshall got a uh, luck goal. Uh, there was a mistake on them, and it didn't take much effort. I mean, he just had to beat his man one-on-one. The dude's fast, so uh, I, didn't really rate his, I didn't really rate his goal at all. So, uh, I mean, we, we, we end up 1-1, and it didn't seem like until Mata played, I'm sorry, it didn't seem like until Bruno and Mata were actually there and linking up that when when Bruno came on, I think it was the like almost the thirst 68th minute or somewhere in there. Uh, you saw the creativity and uh, of Bruno and 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 Mata coming on, um, or actually Bruno coming on with Mata. You saw that creativity happening, but it seemed like too little, too late. Igalo played. Uh, Igalo got some time. Uh, it's just. That Bruges match really kind of was a was a bore fest, and I just want to. I hopefully we come out with a stronger team in the upcoming match on Thursday, our return match at Old Trafford. But I know they said they talked about the weather. They talked about uh, it was hailing, I believe. I know it was it looked like it was raining, but they said there were, you know bits of hail coming down. They talked about the ball not being right and whatnot, but it just looks like the lineup. That team, that our second team, is not up to par. So, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I agree with you. I and and that to me, Ole showed his cards. I'm not talking tactically. I'm just to me, it showed that he understands, or or I feel like he understands that Champions League spot is right there, and so he decided if I play. A weaker team when it comes to our league match all of my starters will be fresh um 
I believe the subs in that game, I think you just got one wrong. I think it was Fred, yeah, Fred uh, Bruno, and he got yeah, Fred, Fred came on first. Yeah. So what he did was he said, look, if I can just steal one goal early, then possibly I can bring on those three. And if I get lucky, maybe I'll get a second one. Tony saved his butt because the away goal <laughs> is huge in, in, in those type of draws. So for me, if, if he doesn't score that goal, then we're looking at a, a situation where it's one nothing. Because to your point, we weren't creating anything because you've got Lingard and Pereira in that pivot role trying to create, and they don't they, they don't have, have that right now. I'm not saying they're horrible players. I, I know people they they write them off. I think they should be sold from United, but they can still play uh, football. Just not for us. Is they're not creative enough. So we got lucky. We get the goal, um, and then he waits until an hour through the match. He brings on Fred. He brings on Bruno, and you can uh, right away you can see the creativity, the the passing, the chances. It all starts coming um, after at, after that point. So, for me, he showed his cards. He wants to to place Champions League without uh, any help from Man City with his fifth place position possibly, um, and that's why I think you saw uh, in this the Watford game we played a fully fit, strongest side we have. Um, and even though we started out a bit slow, I know we'll get to it. We, uh, we wound up with the win, but yeah, I think he showed his cards a little bit. I think in the next match, it's Thursday, right? Thursday against Bruges, the replay. I think, I think you're going to see again, he'll play a lesser side, um, because he's looking past that match and looking on to, uh, the league match against Everton, which is huge, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he, for me with 11 games, 12 games left. I, what, what I want you to do is play your strongest squad so that they can be cohesive, so they understand you know what's going on. Now, if somebody gets hurt, then fair enough, um, you can play. But, I mean, we kind of have a good thing going right now because McTominay's back. He played uh, last week or this week. And so we've, we've got a good thing coming where players are coming back from injury. You know, like you said earlier, Pogba makes a couple of weeks. So um, I totally agree with your last statement. The second squad, it's not there yet. It's not a how, – how, how can I say this nicely? It's not a it's not a second-string United squad as of yet. I mean, with EC, like uh, I know I've said in the past about about the Europa League, and I guess we should, and we've done an injustice to our listeners on why I don't rate the Europa League, and I know that you have, uh, you have some stock in it, that you feel that we should try. I'll give you um, why I think it's it's bad for us, especially being so close to the top. Um, I think due to the fact that the Europa League is always paid on a Thursday, I think it's more taxing on our players to play on the weekend. Either I know if they play in the Rogue League, they don't play on they don't play on Saturday. They always play on Sunday. But I think we're putting all our eggs in one basket. Playing a tournament style, home and away, home and away, home and away. And hopefully in the end, we play just one match. One match that is going to determine if we win or lose that match. That's going to determine if we go to the Champions League. And I know when back in 2017, was it? 2017. Joseph, Last time you won? Yeah. Was it 17? Uh, 17, 18 season, right? Yeah. Yes. Jose Jose played that gamble. Jose did that. He said, even he said, forget about the forget about the league. We're gonna pay attention to the league. And he put all his eggs on the Europa League basket. 
with this opportunity we have, especially with Man City, hopefully everything. I mean, hopefully the the soccer gods are are on our side, and all the all the litigation, all the you know whatever's going to happen with Man City, we're looking at two open Champions League spots. If we catch up to, if we surpass Chelsea, that puts us in third. Technically, it's not in third, but I mean, we're just wiping Man City off the top of the table. That'll put us in third or fourth. So I, I believe we should forget about the Europa League and not waste our players on getting them on fatigue because I think fatigue has probably paid played a huge part in the past. Past what? Since Ole's been a manager, you see, I think fatigue's played a huge part on why our players don't last. So forget about Europa League. Let I mean let Bruges win on on whatever Thursday. And this is focus our our talents because we don't have a second team. We don't have any. We don't. We we don't have a second team. So focus our real talent on winning. Third and fourth, because like I said, City. If everything holds true, we catch up to Chelsea, get that fourth spot, fourth spot, you know, third or fourth spot, uh, and then you know, and then we go on from there. Then we get Champions League next year, next season. We reinforced. We have that. We have that influx of money, and then go on from there. But I don't think uh, at this point, with the opportunity that's out there, with the with with City not you know having Champions League. I think we should forget, you know. I think, I think, you know, the Europa League's uh, done and dusted, and we shouldn't even concentrate on that. Well, I mean, the, the reason I, I love the tournament is because this is this is us getting a chance to see what Ole's made of as as far as being a manager. I'm quick to be his his first critic, but when when I saw the lineup against Bruges, he did what you're supposed to do as a manager, especially when you're in the earlier rounds. Um, Europa is obviously not as tough as Champions League. You're traveling to places. I know we we, we played a couple clubs. I didn't even know what country they were in for a while. I had to look it up. One of them was like Bruges. a 12 hours uh, uh, Kazakhstan or yeah, it, like it's it, so it's different. Yeah, it's it's your lower level uh, uh, World Cup, if you will. Where uh, you know where all all of the teams of the world except for the uh, South American, North American teams. They don't, they're not invited, but everybody else plays in this tournament. And so it's good for me to see that Ole said, okay, look, it is Bruges. They're the best team in Belgium, and he's going to respect that, and he's not going to play his best squad. However, if, it, if I can sneak a goal, as you know better than I do, the away goal is huge. And so I know he was banking on getting it early, and not having even, I don't even think he wanted to play Bruno or play Fred, but he was like, you know what, if, 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 I, if I'm going to play him, I'll play him for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If I can sneak in another one, then I can really relax when they come to uh, Old Trafford because now I've got a two, two goals, which is really double the goals that they're going to have to sit on. Because if you think about it, with just, just scoring one, we're already up. We would already win the draw if they didn't score. If it was 0-0, zero, zero, we win. But if Bruges comes to Old Trafford and scores one goal and sits back mm-hmm. and just plays defense, we're going to be out. For me, every competition that I'm in, I want to win it. And it's difficult. When you're a manager, to your point, when you don't have second team, a second team, it's hard. 
when you, when you only have one strong team, those players will get burnt out. That's going to happen. So I don't think he's going to go full throttle. I think he's going to play the backup squad again, if you will. I hate to say it because the fact that he left Pereira and Lidgard completely out, I was super excited about it. I think he brings them back. I think he plays them. I think Tahith gets a run as well. Uh, he played a little bit in this last game. I think you're going to see a weaker squad. But, man, if they score, trust me, he's, he's going to have the guns ready to go. Um, and he'll he'll play him. He doesn't want to, but I think you're starting to see evolution of him saying, okay, we're getting players in. We've got a good thing going. I know this competition is important, but the league is so much more important to him. You could tell. I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to play a, a, a backup squad. And he, that, rightfully so. And I don't think that he should get the same criticism that he did that he would if he lost, say, like if he lost to Watford or he lost to Everton. I think he should make it known that if he's going to do that, that, that the fans don't go want to run him out on a pike or on a rail out of town because he loses to Bruges at home 1-0 when obviously his intentions are to play league because that's where he has two chances to actually make Champions League, whereas put all your eggs in one basket and try to win one match. One match, one game to get a Champions League spot. I think, I think his odds are better doing that, and that's what he should do. <clears throat> All right, you see, enough about Bruges. What about Ch- uh, Chelsea? I'm sorry. Uh, one game we win. Uh, we won this game. That means we have we won one game, two games. We win another. We win the third. That's called a winning streak. You see, a winning streak in the Premier League. Um, <laughs> Watford three 0 Snorfest till the. Thirty-fifth minute. I want to say. I think I wrote it down. Uh, we should have been down one nil uh, in the twelfth minute. Watford had a had a had a chance, and it looked like Watford dominated the game. Dominated the game, first part of the first half. Uh, it was just we just like again we just come out looking lethargic. We come out looking not knowing what we, our identity is. I don't think it's on Ole himself. I think he puts a plan out there. I think it's up to the players to deliver. They didn't. They don't deliver. Uh, our lineup was solid, like you said, Juan Basaka. I mean, Juan Basaka. I mean, he's coming in his own this year. I just put it. I just put it. I'm just gonna put that out there. He's coming in his own. We have Basaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Shaw. Shaw has surprised many a people. Midfield: Matic, Fred. Bruno, right? Uh, up front, we had Tony Marshall. Uh, we had James on the right, left, I'm sorry. And then we had Greenwood on the right. When I saw the lineup, I was... I was, in, I was enthusiastic, actually. I was like, okay, let's see what, let's see what Greenwood could do. Because we know what James... We, are, we are, my preconception of James and Marshall coming in was... They've not had the best of seasons, uh, but also obviously Bruno, what he did with, uh, with what he did with Juan Mata the game before, I was enthusiastic with that, and I think Fred has solidified himself as to play that defensive midfielder with some sort of creativity. 
So, uh, again, Boarfest, Snoozefest, 35th minute. I don't know what, I mean, what was going on, but it seemed like once uh, that 35th minute happened, I don't know, something happened, you know, more creativity happened, and then obviously what happened with uh, James making that pass, a slide rule pass, awesome pass to Bruno, Bruno going in there, getting the penalty, and obviously converting on that penalty was awesome. Uh, what do you think about the first half? I thought the first half was um, kind of typical United this year. Um, just kind of start slow. We we start slow. We have we, we 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 don't create chances. We do put the ball in good positions from time to time, but it's one of those deals where the other team understands that if they come at us early, they can probably get us. And Dini should have scored if it wasn't for Shaw coming across and. Um, blasting the ball away they definitely score that was a horrible we got two defenders not knowing where they even are on the pitch running into each other and here comes Troy about to score and Luke Shaw just comes out of nowhere um, he, he had a great game uh, for me um, he, he was up there for man of the match for me Shaw was um, so no I just think we just start slow I think it's one of those deals where if we can kind of ride that tide that uh, when the the first the, the team coming at us in the first half and sneak a goal the first one, uh, it helps us out with our momentum. So um, I saw I was saying earlier about James. I thought James played a really good game. I know he doesn't have the best of moves when it comes down to that crucial final. You want him to either shoot a goal or or make uh, make that killer cross. But that pass to Bruno was perfect. Um, Bruno, I thought, drug his feet a little bit, which I loved because that's what you're taught. He got the penalty, and then he scared the crap out of me because he jumped in the air, and then he struck the ball. I was like, what the hell? But apparently he does that in practice, so that that's kind of his thing. But we, we definitely did not look um, great in the first half. That was, my, that was my second question. The stutter step by Bruno, I'm like, uh, I was like, don't, because Pogba does that. <laughs> Pogba does that shit, and how many penalties Pogba missed? Uh, you know what I mean? Eh, I, I mean, don't. I mean, just do what you need to do. You're not Ronaldo. Uh, I know. I mean, he plays with Ronaldo. You're not Ronaldo. Please just, just get up there and just kick the damn ball. Don't pull a Pog Pogba because then you know what happens? You miss the damn penalty because Pogba's what? 75% miss on, on penalties? So, we're not very good on penalty. I was just, I was so afraid. I thought, what is he doing? Why is he doing that? And then he jumped, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> then it went in. I just thought, okay, yes. we're we're good. But yeah, it it he. I guess he has two kinds. He said in the after game that he has that, and then he has another penalty that he takes. So, I listen. He was one of the best players on the pitch. I can't mess with the guy. If that's what he does. That's what he does. He scored the goal. His first goal for United. Um, so I'm I'm super happy for the guy. It's got to be a dream come true for him. Would you think that that would you classify him as a field general? Yeah, no, he's a number ten. He he's what we have been lacking. You, you're not going to, and I know you're not going to like this, but I'm just going to say it. You're not going to have good forward play if you don't have good midfield play. And I think that's where Pereira and Lingard let us down uh, most of this season, if not all of it, because. They're not providing that. Um, you know, Mata, the poor guy, everyone talks crap about him, but 
when you're not playing next to other good midfielders, it's, it's going to make you look even worse than maybe you already are as far as pace is concerned with Mata. But no, I, I think it, the, the creativity that he brings, the leadership that he brings, you know, to captain the side um, like sporting as he did, um, to play along the side uh, Cristiano Ronaldo on the national team, he has obviously learned from him. He understands what he's supposed to do as a captain. I know he doesn't captain our team, but um, he has it in him. He, he will tell everyone on that field, and the reports are he started doing that from the first training. First training that he went to, he came out, he started talking to players, started telling them what they needed to do. You can see it on the pitch. He still tells people where to go and what to do. That's, for me, that's part of the reason why I rate him, um, not just because of the fact that he's good on the ball, and that he has great vision, but the fact that he's a leader, he wants to win, and he wants to play every game. You can completely tell. You see that. You see the – I've always been talking about the killer instinct. You know, we see it, and I'm not going to compare this guy to Kobe Bryant, which obviously is Memorial was today, so we want to wish his family a, um, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family and everybody who, who loved Kobe Bryant. Uh, but that killer instinct, Michael Jordan had it, right? It seemed like he had he has it, even though he you know he did he gets not he does get dispossessed, but some of his passes are not on point, but sometimes his passes are putting people in position, and our guys are just not running onto it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold him to that. I mean, but but he is pointing people. He's like you know you get there. He did it Tony. He did it to Tony. He's te- he's you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tony. Uh, thank you Bruno for coming because you're teaching Tony Marshall. How to be a striker because you're actually putting him in position where he needs to be a striker. Uh, he's not doing his own thing, whatever. Um, you, you're actually teaching him how to be a striker and a forward because he doesn't know how to do that. Um, so, so coming in the what do you see? <laughs> I love it. I think I think Tony makes runs. No, no, but he, he doesn't. He didn't have the players to pass it to him, but I think he does now. So now there's no excuse. This is for me. This is why this is so great for 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 listeners. We the reason why I love. I don't want. I, I gotta call. I gotta call you Jesus. Still, I'm still gonna call you Jesus. The reason why I love is, him is because of Jeffrey. But I think you're. Not, it doesn't matter if you've got. Uh, you know, for me, anyways, Mbappe is the best striker in the world. It doesn't matter if you have him. If he doesn't have midfielders, they're gonna pass him the ball on the runs he makes. He's not gonna be a good player. So. I love the fact that Bruno's there because now, I mean, even with the goal that Tony scored, you know, him playing the ball through to him, when Tony first receives it, you go, okay, okay. And then he misses. You're like, oh, crap. (laughs) Then he he turns around and just does something crazy. But I think, again, that ball doesn't get played um, with, with Pereira or with Lingard. I think they hold it up or they just don't see it. Where, to me, when you look at the replay, you slow it down. You're like, that's an easy, simple pass. Just pass it through. But Bruno makes the simple pass, the five-yard, the 10-yard, the through ball. He makes the simple pass. He's going to piss off a lot of purists because he is going to give it away sometimes. But if you look at other great 10s in the league like Kevin DeBruyne, he he gives it away too because he's always trying to make something happen. That's what we didn't have. We didn't have anyone that was trying to unlock doors. We basically had players that were passing it back and forth to each other, going side to side, not going forward. So I think Tony... For me, it's like, hey, no excuse, man. You got a, you got a ten now. Um, you, you got somebody that's going to feed you the ball. So keep making those runs. 
and keep scoring those goals. That's three on the trot, baby. Anyways. Um, <laughs> now we're getting back to VAR, our good old friend, good old, good old VAR. Uh, uh, VAR. The disallowed goal, uh, Joy Dini goal. Good goal, uh, but you said it earlier, and I want to get back to this, uh, the handball. Yeah. Now it seems like the handball is is how would you how would you say it? rocket science now it's nobody can determine it's what a hand, nobody can determine now what is a handball that I mean it looked like you did in, in when that in, when that happened he hit it with the shoulder so an upper shoulder right you mean you know he kind of like lunged into it with his upper shoulder that was considered a handball but in, uh, I think it was in the city case uh, city played um on Sunday was it no 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 City played Saturday they played, as well. They, are you, they played Monday, didn't they? No, City played Saturday. Saturday. And um, whoever they played um, went up with his hand to block his face, and the ball came off his hand. But that wasn't handball. So what is it? I mean, what is handball? What is I mean, I know VAR is supposed to, I mean, these referees need to, they need a fine line on what is handball and what's not. Because... If you're if you're protecting your face, that's not handball. But this guy it went off his shoulder. It, it was handball. It's just this the rule. The rule is just so convoluted. Yeah, they don't they don't have it together. That's what I'm saying. I, that's why I think it should just be for offsides. That that play, he did turn. He did turn yeah. his body. Yeah. So I don't. I, even even Dini understood that. Look. It, it was a handball, right? So for me, if the players aren't contesting too much, they know that, that their player tried to get away with something and he did it. But that's the thing about VAR. That's why I say I love it and I hate it because back in the day, you never see that. Back, That's just a scrum in the box. People are moving around. Next thing you know, after scrum, Tony comes out of nowhere, boom. I mean, Troy comes out of nowhere, boom, and scores a goal. So I, I loved it at that moment. Did I think it was a handball? I do. Um, but if it wasn't for VAR, we don't get that call, period. I mean, we just we, it just doesn't happen. So it, they have to come up with some, to your point, clear rules. And not just clear rules that they understand. But I think clear rules that we, as the viewer, as the person that's paying to watch these games, we have to understand what the hell is going on, too. Because we're sitting at home going, what is he calling? What is he? What are they looking at? And then five minutes later, we get no decision or we get goal or, you know, it's like you celebrate and then VAR makes the decision and then you celebrate again. Or the opposite is you celebrate, then VAR makes a decision and you all, crap, we didn't score. So they have to come up with some clear cut rules as to what the definition of these certain fouls and handballs and offsides are. And then it'd be easier for me to, to watch the game. You're exactly right. Um... We need clear-cut rules so I can determine at home if yeah. the referee got it right. So um, enough about VAR. I think we already, you know, beat a dead horse with that one. The 54th, I want to I bring you about, um, I want to talk about this, EC. You probably don't remember it. The reason I bring it up because a true striker, a true, true number nine, would have been in the box to tap this one in. The 54th minute, James to Greenwood, Greenwood, puts a I mean it's a have you ever eaten um, a, I mean at a five you know 
you know, five star restaurant EC. Yes, you know, yes. Seven, Mahogany in Oklahoma. If you guys haven't been seven course meal. You know, they serve everything. They, you know, the waiters are the waiters are probably dressed nicer than you know I would ever dress, right? <laughs> um, you know, and you pay. You know, you're paying for quality. When Greenwood, when Greenwood put this yep. pass across, across the, across the face of goal, a true striker, Giroud, uh, you know, would have, you know, would have tapped it in. But our striker, psh, I couldn't even tell you where he was. Uh, our striker was, I don't know, probably at the halfway line waiting for the ball. Uh, but I just want to bring that up because I know I, <coughs> I know we're going to talk about Mr. Tony Marshall's goal. Uh, the what minute was it? The 68th minute. Yeah, we started turning it on after that second goal. Yeah, after the second goal, Mr. Tony Marshall, Bruno <coughs> played a perfect pass, and you know what? I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. Mr. Marshall, he put the effort in to win the. You know, he got the ball. He lost the ball. He got it back. You know, and the moves that he put in to keep the ball. We're awesome. Unfortunately, the goalkeeper goalkeeper made the the biggest mistake. He came out and a kindergarten. I mean, if if he missed that goal, a kindergartner couldn't have missed that goal. You see, the chip over the damn goalkeeper. I I know you were. I mean, you were wetting your pants probably when you saw that goal. But I I, I give him credit. The effort that he put, I will give that man credit. But the goal is not. I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it on Facebook. Everybody's just going, you know, going wild over this this worldy goal that Mr. Marshall, uh, that Mr. Marshall scored. But uh, I think it was an average goal at best. The effort was above average. I, I'm putting giving it to him that, but uh, it was okay. Well, he actually got lucky because it was a shot. That's <laughs> the, the rebound was off a shot, so he actually missed the the first initial shot, which. Yeah. He does he does that quite a bit where he, he's either gonna put it home or he'll he'll miss it. Well this one he actually hit right into the goalie. Um actually an old uh, United goalie in Foster. Uh and then the ball kind of takes a great deflection for us. We get lucky and I'm thinking it's over with. And man, that move with the flick behind to put the ball behind him. I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know how he got is not Cantona esque, please. I don't even know how he got to that. Because he he had it on his right and then flicked it behind him, and just completely froze the defender. And then the flick was just so nonchalant. Um, I don't think, like, okay, I, I don't, I'm not a striker, so I can't say, I can't say how difficult or how easy it is to to flick the ball. But talking to strikers, that's one of the most difficult. That's 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 why Messi is so crazy because Messi makes flicks. He makes it look like he's it's just. Another another day in the park. That's why the pure strikers will tell you the flick is one of the hardest things to do because it's not a pure strike. You're actually flipping it over, and if you look at the replay, there's no United players in in the picture at all. It's all Watford defenders, and they're all thinking he's got nothing. There's nothing for him to do. That's no, why the goal no, is so no, great because no, no. there's nothing there. No, he flicked it over. Have you ever played golf? It's just a pitch shot. That's it. I mean, I, I hit I hit that shot twice on Sunday. Every day of the week. I challenge I challenge everyone out there no. to put just put some cones in front of you, and and don't 
don't mirror in the fact that there's 75,000 people there. You got the ball. You got to make your defender stop. Then in a motion, flick it over two people while three stand there and go, "What? where's the ball going? It's going in the back of the net and Old Trafford's going nuts. I just thought that that goal changed the complexity of the whole game. And to your point, he got lucky because he hit that ball into uh, Foster. That was not a that wasn't a deflect. That was a shot, and and the ball can go anywhere. The ball luckily stays just in, and he controls it. But to have the composure to keep your keep your wits about you, to freeze the defender really quick, and then f- just flip it over without thinking about it, that's big league, man. Again, again, I don't want everybody to think that I'm a Mar- I'm a Tony Marshall hater. <laughs> I'm not a hater. I do give him credit. Up to the shot, he did. He was class. What he did to get the defender off him, I mean, he went one two one two one two one two like one two one two one three. You know, he did that. But the shot, average at best. I could do it. My my shit. My three year old could do it. And you need AEC. AEC, you need to tell your wife uh, that you have your love affair with Tony Marshall is going to cause problems <laughs> in, your, in your marriage. Because I have I'm more. Not, I have. Nah. I have more of a man crush on uh, on Greenwood, but I, I do love Tony. But my man crush is Greenwood all day long. You tell your wife there's somebody else in y'all's relationship. <laughs> yes. But, I, I, you know, but again, 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 I'm not a hater on this show. I'm not a hater. I'm again, I'm going to give him credit. The run he made in the 60th minute, 66th minute to get the foul. Uh, granted, we wait, we we wasted the the free, you know, the. We wasted the, the penalty, not, not the penalty shot, the foul shot. Uh, I mean, yes, the effort that he showed, I like that. That's what he needs to show consistently for me to say that he is a United striker. Yes, he's, he's he, he has had three goals in three games. Eh, you know what? I chuck him out to a blind squirrel can get a nut, you know, once in a while. Or I chuck it up to... A broken clocks <laughs> twice is wrong, or was it? The broken clocks right twice a day uh, on his on his on his three goals. So that's what I chalked that up at. But the goal I do rate, EC. The goal I do rate because this kid, this kid, EC, Mister Mason Greenwood, mm. the laser shot. Laser, you know, laser like like Doctor Evil. <laughs> laser shot. When he came in, oh my God, he see the pass that he, you know, he went, you know, he took the ball in. A true, I mean, like you want to say a true striker, a Ronaldo esque striker took on this his defender, passed it off, received it back, and you know what he did? Shotgun bang! What's up with that thing? I want to know <laughs> how does it hang? You know, that's what he did. He did shotgun back into the left, far left corner, and it was a that was a beauty. You want to see a goal? You want to rate a goal? That's a damn goal, you see. I completely agree. That goal was the goal of the match. I for me, and you can tell, because um, he's only nineteen years old. He is he is the best striker we have. The only reason. And, and and everybody, Tony, Rashford, all of them better watch out. If he gets stronger, um, he's going to start up front because the, the coach rates him as the best striker at the club. He rates him as the best goal scorer at the club right now. Uh, and he was playing academy before when the season started. So, no, I mean, 
he, for me, played you know really bad in the first half. Couldn't really find himself. Took a couple shots here and there, but I mean, this the whole setup, the link up with Bruno. Bruno does the number ten thing, passes it back to him, doesn't go for glory, uh, gets it out from underneath his foot, and then just does what he does. I, he, if you if you ask my wife who my favorite player is this season, it's probably <laughs> this kid. I wish he played more. Um, I know he's only nineteen, so he's not going to. But man, I think everyone, England included, um, they have to watch out for this kid because he's he's so young, he's so talented, and if you listen to his after the game match uh, press conference. He just talks about wanting to get better. He just talks yes. about wanting to work hard. He right. doesn't brag. He doesn't boast. He doesn't run to the corner and me, me, me. He doesn't do the Instagram thing yet. And I know he's on a ton of money every week. Um, for me, I can't wait till he's 25, and I hope he's still here because he's going to be the ones that you're talking about as best striker in the world. Um, to do this right now, we're, we're, it's almost like we're reincarnating. I remember... Uh, watching Wayne Rooney for the first time and watching how great he was at such a young age and to come into a big squad like Rooney did. To, you know, I know he was great at Everton, but he, was, he, was, uh, he wasn't doing what he was doing at United. So I'm super excited for this kid. I hope he's not hurt. That goal, he kind of yeah, looked, looked like, like he either had a, a, a pulled something on his leg or he did something. So I don't want him to play Thursday. Um, I think him going to Everton starting – um, is what I would do with him. I'd, I'd rest him for sure um, because he definitely um, needs to to hold a spot, if not up front, definitely out on wing um, because he can do it. He, he had a couple shots on goal, I want to say, maybe two before that, but that Foster had no chance. I mean, that was like no, you said, that was, no, uh, no, no. that was a shot. That was, so that was, that was just, I've, you, again, I think I've said it before. We have not seen something like that in a very, very long time, and it's very refreshing. Absolutely, it's very refreshing that we have this kid. And I hope he, like you said, hope he has you know gets his head on straight. He doesn't go by the way of Jesse Lingard, and um, you know just keeps it on straight. Uh, and because this dude's going to be a world class player, uh, and, and hopefully he's a man. Absolutely, and hopefully he's a man. You know, the rest of his life, uh, he does not uh, go anywhere else, but this kid needs to stay with us. Uh, getting back to some of the uh, people that are left off, uh, is it refreshing? Ole um, left off uh, Pereira and Lingard from the, you know, they weren't even on the bench. No, it's about time. Um, you got to show these guys that it's, it's, and you can't say, oh, they didn't give him a chance. That, that for me is the main thing. He gave him a chance. He gave him several chances actually. And neither one of them did what they needed to do. So, um, I, I personally, I think he is going to play him against Bruges. Um, I'm going to, it's going to piss me off, but I'm, I'm sure he will do it because I think he showed his cards, um, playing in the round of 16 that he really wants this league. I think I think, and I don't know if he has a deal with the club or what's going on, but I think if he can get Champions League, it might give the board a little bit of pause to saying, why would we bring in Pochettino or anyone else for that matter if the manager that we have had injuries, he had to deal with controversy off the pitch, it's his first year, and he got Champions League. Now we just got all this money. Let's go give him some players because look look at the players that, that he brought in. 
You can't say James, for me, is a world beater, but he's a good player. Yeah. Let's at least give him that. Harry Maguire's turned into the captain, and Wambasaka might be the best right back in all of world football. So those are the best. You, 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 you can put him in the conversation. No, so, yeah, of course. Those are the players that he's brought in. So why wouldn't they say, hey, let's give him a summer transfer window. Let's see what else he can bring in because clearly he can spot talent. Let's let's give him some cash and let's see what happens. Is it going to make people go nuts, people like myself, a little bit? But, hey, listen, man, all you can do is, is play the players who are in front of you, work with what you have, and you can't deny he's done that. He, he, you got to give him credit for something. I, when, you, when he does stupid stuff, I talk crap about him. When he does what he needs to do, and what he needs to do with this club is get Champions League football. If you don't win the league, you got to get top four. That's that's the standard. We don't we don't want to keep doing this Europa thing. Um, and so for me, uh, he he's got to if if he can get this top four position, you got to give him another look. Yeah, because I mean, I think when you look back, if we if the Champions League is our glory at the end of the season, if we make Champions League, because <clears throat> Obviously, winning the league's not there. If we get Champions League, through yeah. all that, throughout everything he's been given, he's been given a, he's been dealt a bad hand ever since he took over from Mourinho. In my opinion, he has not been backed by the board. Uh, January of last year, I think who did he sign? He signed Tony Marshall to a contract extension. That's what he signed. That's a new player. Uh, he only got three players this year, this summer, and he got like I mean, he let go of. He let go of what several players. He let go of nine players. Nine and I and I and pissed three, me off because yeah. a lot of them were scoring goals, and I really still like Sanchez. So, yeah. no, he he's put up with a lot. No, no, yeah, I mean he's been dealt a rough, bad hand, so he's been pretty much made. He's been asked to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. That's what he's been asked to you know asked <laughs> to make, and I think people give him a bad rap because uh, obviously our talisman, our cornerstone of the team, Mr. Uh, Popogba, uh, is uh, injury-prone of what whatever he is. He's mental midget. Uh, Tony Marshall, eh, you know, are, that's there. Uh, obviously, Rashford's hurt. McTominay got hurt. Uh, he's been he's been playing with a second a second team the whole season, seems like, and we're in fifth place. So, if all the all the haters, I mean, I want to say all the haters, all the Solskjaer haters, let's see what he happens. Like you said, let's see what happens at the end of the season. And I, I would like to see him get a an, uh, another a turn with with real players with with the backed backed by the board, backed by Woodward, and let's see where it can go. Because obviously, like you said, uh, he has Mason coming up. If Mason stays healthy, he brings back Rashford. We get rid of Tony Marshall. Um, you know, Bruno, we sign some good midfielders. We sign an actual striker. Uh, and then we, you know, then we could challenge. But uh, everybody talks about his tactics. How can you have tactics when you're when you're playing with, you know, missing puzzle pieces? So uh, that's my opinion. All right. Um, player ratings. Uh, you're not gonna, I want to talk about any of the subs because... Other than Igalos, uh in the what eighth third minute, that he had a great chance to score, uh, they really didn't make an impact. But player ratings, 
the back the back four. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I gave De Gea seven. I think um, you know he did what he needed to do. Nothing too crazy. Nothing uh, too critical. Uh, thank thank God, nothing too critical. Uh, Wan Bissaka um, also a seven. Didn't really see anything. Kind of did a standard, you know, he made a couple slide tackles and that. Um, Lindelof, I don't know, five. I I don't understand. I just I don't understand why we play this guy. To be honest, I think Bai showed what he's about. I, I would have played him. I gave well, him five. Bai's coming um, off injury, so you have to you have to understand that, right? You have to put easy. Yeah, but it, if he if you're fit, you got to play. Unless you're not like well, well, to your I mean, point, unless you're not physically fit, like you can't run, then fine. And if that's what the decision was, then fine. I mean, you saw okay, you saw that with Greenwood. If Greenwood's on the bench, would you say that with his after you know you physically saw that you know his his back hammy, it was it looked like a hammy. Um, if you saw that, and then he was on the bench this game, you'd say, well, he's physically fit. Well, no, you don't want him to you know bust you know bust his ass for ninety minutes and try to you know make hopefully an injury would worsen just. At least let's ease him in. Just Twanzebe, Twanzebe's back, but we're not playing him either. He's got to be doing something in practice because I—he's a phenomenon. I don't understand that at all. He's been good for a while, and he can't—he can't even get onto the bench. So there's got to be something more going on with that kid. Uh, Maguire, I've given eight. I felt like Maguire was all over the place. He headed just about every ball you could head. Um, he did have a chance. Bruno set him up, and he did he did miss it. But he's a center back, yeah, so I'm he, not. He only missed it by yay wide. That's, you know? that's what I'm saying. But uh, he, he, those are the type of things where you go that that is a center back. That's what Bruno. He just was phenomenal. But I give an eight. Um, Shaw, man, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to his after the game um, review, but Shaw actually said that what they were looking for was for James to kind of push back and have Shaw tuck more inside. I think Shaw that that like left center back position where he can get forward. That's kind of his deal. Um, I gave him a nine. I thought he was wow. really oh. good uh, that game. Uh, James, uh, I thought he had a good game. I know he can't do what these world class guys. Yeah, he's just fast. But you can't tell me that that assist that he had in the first half wasn't that was awesome. And that was and and what he doesn't do is cut inside. Well, what did he do to get the assist? He came down the byline line and he cut inside and he and he dropped a dime on Bruno's foot. So for me, I would give him an eight. I thought that that was one of the best games that I've watched him play. Um, I thought he played really well. All right, getting uh, back. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you right there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I have this. In my opinion, Dan, I wrote this down. In my opinion, Dan James was better than Marshall. This whole match. Yeah, I think overall, I think what, what people have to look at, and I think the reason why you're giving them that rating is because the the entirety of the game. You can't just say, well, you scored a goal, you get a nine. The entirety of the game means what you do in the first half, what you do in the second half. So that's fair because Martial in the first half, again, did not look very good. It was one of those, those deals where you're like, okay, I need you to kick on, I need you to kick on, I need you to hold the ball up, I need you to make moves, get runs in the box. He didn't do that. So... No, I, I, I think it's understandable. It's but, not to me. I'm not shocked by anyone saying that James no, no, no. had a better overall game than Martial. But what I've heard in a lot of fan channels and a lot of uh, player ratings that Martial, yeah, he's a uh, he, you know he's up there at an eight or a seven or eight. 
But Dan James, he's still down. I was like, Dan James does more. Everybody says that all he does is run to the byline and he's just straightforward. What is Martial? Straightforward. The only the only reason he scored that ball against Rouge, straightforward run. That's it. The pass deflected off him. He doesn't create. So why doesn't Dan James get the same criticism as Martial? Well, why doesn't Martial get the same criticism? I'll, t- as I'll Dan tell you James? why. Why? I'll tell you why. Because he's not a striker. Daniel. No. Well, it's it partly part of it is position, because and you know better than I do. We have tremendous sevens that have been at that club. You can go back years and years and years. We always have an excellent wing play. Daniel James, what he does is he 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 can create space and run at players. But what we're looking for on on that wide side is someone that's going to play with not just play with Shaw, but also cut inside and play with the midfielders. James usually most of most of the time he just he just stays outside. What he started to do, and and, and all, all people have to do is go back and look at the goal. He doesn't ever do this, and I think it kind of shocked it shocked the shit out of me. But he cut inside, and then he made his run, and it and it created space, and Bruno made that inside run, and he passed it right to him. So. If they switch positions, if if Martial's out there, for me, that's where I would play him. I, to your point, would go out and get a striker and play Tony wide. Let him create. He's a creative. He's a He likes to pass. He likes to pass and move. That's what he, he should be doing. But we don't have that luxury because we have had so many injuries and we missed out on Holland. So the reason why people get onto him is because when we say you're a United number seven, we're looking for Greenwood, who's going to come inside, pass. Flick balls over the top to people. Create. We want creative. James doesn't do that yet. He's 22 years old. This is his first year in the premiership. He's going to get better. He's going to get better. When you play around good players, you're going to get better because they're going to challenge you in practice. And he's given every opportunity to play. So I, I understand why people talk crap about him. But if you look at that game, yes, they're struggling. But it doesn't matter. The premiership has been weird this year. Liverpool's winning by like 80,000 yeah, points. And everybody else is hanging on. Everyone's beating everyone. So it's a tough game to come into. So I understand why people don't rate James. I don't really think he should start for, for us. If we got James Jordan, Jordan Chancho right now, I'd take him off. If we got Grealish right now, I'd take him off. If we got Madison, I'd take him off. Those players are already at the level that he's going to eventually, hopefully, if you're a United fan and he stays, that's where you hope he gets to, to where he's more creative he he moves inside. He plays with other players. That's what we're wanting him to get to. But right now, that last game, I'd give him an eight all day long. He played really well. He had chances. He took one. He almost he didn't make it, but at least he took his chance. At least he took his chance. He played in a good a couple good crosses. That's what we want. We want creative wingers who are going to make things happen. That little bit of class, that little bit of touch. That's what we're looking for when we talk about a united, <clears throat> a united winger. But that last game, he played he played good. He played good. I'm going to tell the uh, Glass Joe, Pogba FC president out there, Glass Joe, I'm the president of the Dan James FC because I think <laughs> I think the kid the kid has been has been wrongly he's been wrongly uh, talked about and have been played like like if we play Tony Marshall out of position. I think Dan James will play it out of position. He needs to play on the left. Uh, all right, go ahead. Go uh, the next the next the next person Bruno Bruno. Bruno uh, oh. Two assists and a goal. I gave him a ten. Um, I thought I thought he played uh, amazing. Again, um, I know people get pissed off because he gives it away, 
from time to time. But again, if you look at De Bruyne, and eventually the, the stats will come up so you get to see side by side, De Bruyne gives it up just as much uh, because he's always trying to do something, and I, and I like it. Uh, Fred, I thought they knew what time it was with Mr. Fred. Uh, and I think, uh, for me anyways, they were on his ass. I thought first half he didn't play very well at all. Um, overall, I gave him a six. Um, I thought that he he did do some things later in the second half that were good. He's always getting back on defense, which I love. But, uh, no, I give him a six um, overall. Greenwood, again, slow start. Uh, didn't really kick on into the second half. Um, obviously, you start seeing the passes he makes, the flicks over the top of defenders yes, running in space. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, so I would give him an eight overall. He and James, I thought, played well. And then Tony up front, um, I would give him a eight as well. I thought he played well. Uh, the first half, I thought a little shaky. Um, but the, I, I really felt like the second goal shut the whole game down. I thought at that point it was over. It's been a long time since I've been able to relax. You know, when we're up, all right, we got this. And then to score another one, it was just kind of icing on the cake. I wish we would have scored a couple more, but um, but I'll take it. So overall, nobody – I think the weakest on the field to me that game was probably Mr. Fred. I didn't rate uh, Matic. I, <laughs> I thought he was okay. I know that's well, I, I know that's I harsh. I thought he played a but, game. I think Bruno makes him – that Bruno made him, you know, Bruno. I think look, I think Matic played a good game. I thought Matic for me, he played okay, but I think he and everybody else saw when we saw McTominay come on, we all said if he was fit, Matic wouldn't even have seen the pitch. I think he he sees the writing on the wall. There's already a report that's come out that's that's saying that Matic wants to stay and doesn't want to go anywhere. Um, he's 31, 32, maybe. Um, I think they're going to move on from him after the season's over. I kind of hope they do. Um, he's kind of a part of that nucleus that I think, you know, it's been a long time for Lingard and, and, and Pereira and, and Matic. Those guys need to go ahead and, and, and move on great servants. But I, I think that, um, I think Scott's kind of a like for like, but he's just younger. Uh, as far as Matic goes. Okay. What do you think? <clears throat> I mean, if, if I really, if I was in school again, EC, and you were my teacher, I would love you as a teacher because you, you mean, I mean, you give out so, you give out the easy, you're like the teacher that would, you know, just do what you ever do and, you know, I'll give you an A. Because, I mean, you just, I mean, just give out A's. Here, you want an A. You're like, you're the Oprah of, yes. of, of grades. Because, yes. man, would you get Mar Tony Marshall an eight? And he gave Mata six, you said? I mean, Mar I mean Matic is six. I think Matic played better than better than Tony. Because Tony, all he, had, all he did was a goal. Um, but, you know, uh, other than that, uh, you were harsh on Lindelof. Uh, I think uh, I think we both agree about the both our left our, our backs. Uh, Luke Shaw does you know has come on his own now he's playing this center back role where I just you know uh, where he comes on where and we can play Williams. I think that would be a pretty powerful pairing. And if you give uh, James a um, 
spot on the left hand side. I think you know we have some you know some tools. Uh, Basaka, I, I mean, I think you're still harsh on him. I think he had an excellent match. Uh, you know, he still you know he still makes this you know the young mistakes. That's all. I'm not gonna say stupid. They're young because he's he is a young player. He's not even 20, is he? Um, he's a young player. I mean, he's he's green. Uh, and you get to Bruno, obviously Bruno, Bruno's Bruno. I think you, you know, we can, he can vie for man of the match. And then, um, Greenwood solid. I think Greenwood is solid. So those are it. Those are the player ratings folks. All right. We have two matches. EC, we have two matches coming up. One on Thursday, Bruges, the return match. And we have Everton uh, away on Sunday. Uh, we have Bruges at home. You already, we've already talked about that. We're gonna probably, we think they're gonna play a a, um, a soft lineup. So we'll go with similar what they played on uh, on Thursday. Let's get this. Let I'll just ask you, what is uh, your goal prediction? So Bruges, I think it's a one-one draw, um, and I think at that point. I think it goes to penalties. No, we go to 30 and 30, and then we go into penalties. Okay. So the, it, I, I think it's going to go to that point. I think I think it's going to come down to penalties. Um, be, and I and I hope I'm wrong because I think he is going to start a lesser squad. I think it's going to be too late when he tries to bring on the likes of Bruno, the likes of Fred. Because uh, and, and, I think he's going to start Tony again. Uh, but I think um, – I think what's going to wind up happening is they're going to try to save the day. It's going to be too late. But I do think we went on penalties um, because I think he wants to progress in each tournament. Um, that So I, I'm going to go with us winning 5-3 on pins. Hey, 5-3. Uh, I predict 1-0 uh, at home to Bruges to go on to the next round. Or more than likely we'll lose because we either play Inter, Arsenal, or whatnot. But I predict 1-0 uh, home win. Against Bruges. Everton away, EC. The real match. The real, real match. We go and play Everton. Carlo Ancelotti's Everton. God, it's at 7.30 in the morning, I think. It's 7.30 Eastern time. 6.30 here. I'm hoping I can get up and watch it. But, line of predictions for that match. Uh, for the Everton match. I'm gonna go with Juan Basaka. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Eric Bailly. I like it. McGuire and Shaw. I'm gonna go Fred and McTominay in the holding uh, mid. Uh, Greenwood, Bruno, and James and Martial up front. That's our first team right now. So I. But, I mean. I Eric's not, not he's not no, getting a right. chance. But I like, I, I like, think, I think, I think, and what we talked about earlier, I think Eric Bailly needs to get a chance. Uh, I think he, he brings more aggression and more pace. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like his, that the fact that he's so erratic. That he, he is psycho. <laughs> that he can cause a red, I, I, I fear a red car, uh, uh, foul in the, the pen, the box. To give them a penalty. That's that's my fear about Bailly. Uh, um, but I like the lineup. And I'll go with that. Your scores for Everton on Sunday, you see. Away, uh, Everton too. Game. Away. 
It's a way. They, they, uh, yeah. I think they squeaked it out this weekend. Yeah, no, Everton's going to be an excellent game. I think we do inevitably win the game, and I, I think it's I think it's a 2-1 victory again. 2-1, okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't have that much faith, but uh, maybe 1-0 again. I, I think I'm on a 1-0, 1-0 kind of uh, away. I think we keep the clean sheet, and um, maybe, hey, maybe, um, maybe Tony Marshall, you know, Gives it the uh, starts a winning streak with us, you know. You know, one game, two game. This is the winning streak. Hopefully, let's see if Tony can do it, and you know, Tony can shut me up. You know, all his all his supporters. All right, see. Well, last thing, last thing, um, last note that I want to bring up. I want to say happy birthday to an unsung hero of the United Generation that I started watching. And that unsung hero you see is G Sung Park. Do you think G Sung Park was the most underrated player that you've seen in Manchester since you've been a Manchester United fan? Um, he's he's definitely up there um, for being underrated. I he was really good. If, if folks, if you didn't get a chance to see him play, YouTube him because he he will uh, he will definitely wow you. Um, most underrated. Though, I don't know. He might be up there. Maybe Brown. I think he was definitely underrated. I, I definitely rated that guy. But I, I don't. I you can't. You can't make a strong argument that he that he's not in the running for most underrated uh, for sure. No, I mean, I would. When I was like, who's this guy? And then, but he does the he did the dirty stuff, and he did it so well. And then he scored. It's a player that I know this United team would give. You know, their arm and their leg. I would give my arm and uh, my leg to have G Sun Park in this team. Oh, absolutely. Know. Not even, no question about it. Are you kidding me? No question about it all day long. He was the first Asian to win a Champions League. Uh, there was another first that I read earlier today um, that, you know, he was a part of. To captain, he captained United. If, if people don't remember that. Uh, so, this, you know, the personality that G Sun Park. Uh, and to that had on the club, and for Alex to trust this person, I mean, you have to understand the language barrier for him to come into United uh, was you know difficult, and but yet the 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 language they all speak right is football. Everybody knows football, and that's the language they they all speak, and he made it work. And uh, like I said, happy birthday to G Sung Park. Uh, wish you well. Uh, buddy, see that's uh, that's kind of all I have today. So um, say uh, say good night, folks. I guess. Yeah, man, another good one. All right, folks. Well, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, we're the Don't Read on Me podcast. Check us out on our socials on Facebook. Don't on uh, the Don't Read on Me podcast on Twitter at Don't Read on Me. Uh, Instagram, we're on Don't Read on Me. Uh, and I hopefully after this episode, EC, we can get on, um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, iHeartRadio, because we have five episodes. So hopefully, look us, check us out on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, yeah. and iTunes. And just a special thanks to Ro from the Rodos Podcast, um, Victoria Montsevice from Allison Food Truck. Uh, she'll be in South Padre Island for the next six months. 
Go check her out. Her food's amazing. And Mark Hutch Ison with the South Texas Train Rates podcast. And Lucky Diaz, where you at? Can't say baby where I'll be in a year. Nice panties in the name.